yeah. It's a little foggy out there this morning. Better leave early if you're going somewhere. Okay. <laughs> 41 degrees. Although, it is going to warm up a little bit today. And mm. then tomorrow, the bottom's going to fall out. <laughs> and why not? Yeah, it is February in northern Indiana. What do you expect? Uh, a little bit better. Just a little bit more effort. Well, I mean, there's just total lack of, of any passion or effort <laughs> on the part of that weather. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll take it. I, I, I'm pretty pleased with this winter it can perform better it it could do better rusty you can always do better kathy in reality you You know we probably had maybe three days that we actually had to really get out there and shovel snow so what was wrong with those three days why couldn't you have had none yeah jeez you can do better gosh are you having a bad day again today that's the coach in me you can do better i don't care how bad you beat him you can still do better <laughs> okay. So like, in, like in the old days, if we lost a, a ball game, my old man was we'd get back, practice tomorrow, bring your lunch. Ooh, we win. Like, okay. We win by ten thousand runs. And all we hear for the next hour and a half when we get home is how we couldn't beat anybody. We got lucky. They gave it to us. They were so horrible today that that's yeah, why you yeah, won. Yeah. And you guys are just terrible. You couldn't beat anybody if you had to. You're worthless. You're scum. You know, well, maybe not worthless and scum, but we weren't very good at ball that Rusty, night. You're talking about your father. That's exactly what you listen. People, people had his speeches numbered. Oh, he gave a number four tonight. <laughs> oh, that was a 75. We haven't heard that since the beginning of the year. That kind of thing. Okay. Well. But that was, well, that was it. You could always do better, Kathy. Today. You could always do better. And, you know, this, this fog is going to clear off and we're going to be okay today. And I don't think we're going to get that snow that initially they were talking about. I think it's going to go yeah, north of us. So. It's not in the forecast. Yeah, that's a good thing. See, there is something Still positive. Still do better. <laughs> it's going to be cold. Still do better. Okay. Um, we are going to have a guest on the show uh, coming up in a little bit. Tammy Radican. Um, she is a teacher over at Plymouth High School. She is a life skills teacher. And she is coming in this morning to talk about a service dog that they got last year at the school. His name is Rocky. Imagine that for a dog at Plymouth High School. Rocky. Well, you know. The Rockies. Yes. So uh, she's going to come in and we're going to talk a little bit about Rocky and and what he does um, at Plymouth High School during the day. And there are actually some additional benefits that have come from having Rocky in that building. And so we're going to talk about Rocky. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the life skills class that they have there. And just find out a little bit about that situation. And Rocky might come in, Rusty. I, I don't know. Are you ready to, to talk to him? or I was just about to ask if she I'm was bringing do, the I'm dog. going to interview Tammy. You can interview Rocky. Okay? Okay. <laughs> All I right. I can do that. I speak dog. I bet you didn't know that. Oh, I'm I'm sure you do. You have a dog. I'm fluent in dog. Yes, you do. Yeah. So that's our guest today. In the meantime, we do have uh, news that we can talk about. 
Uh, the first story that uh, I want to talk about has to do with the Plymouth Park Department. And earlier this month, they met and actually approved an agreement with the Troyer Group to help them apply for an Indiana Trails Program grant. This is actually through the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. It is a different kind of grant than they have applied for before for the trails. Um, and the one nice thing about this grant is uh, it's an 80-20 split and you can get up to $500,000, which is a nice amount of money for the trail. Yeah. So what they are proposing for this trail extension, and this will be an extension of our Greenways Trail. Um, I think a lot of you, if you have driven through uh, the backside of Centennial Park, so like from the high school over to Plymouth Goshen Trail, um, last summer they worked and they cre they made the path on the east side, right. uh, there is now a walking path that goes all the way up yeah. to Plymouth Goshen Trail. Part of that was uh, created because of the amount of residential development on the north side of Plymouth Goshen Trail that they wanted those people to be able to easily access the Greenway Trail. Yeah. So they got it all the way up to there. So it'll start right there at that uh, the end where it ends right at Plymouth Goshen Trail it'll actually go to the west um, down the park property which would be on the south side of Plymouth Goshen Trail so they're going to stay on the chicken yeah. coop side of yeah. the, the Plymouth Goshen Trail sure. go down a while and then they are going to have a crossover Plymouth Goshen Trail when you get just past those houses from the Centennial Crossings development You'll cross over the road there, and then they are going to need a, to require an easement from Centennial Crossings, which that has been talked about while they were developing Centennial Crossings. Uh, the city, the park, had been talking with the Collins brothers to get this easement so that they could bring the trail across, and that will actually give their homeowners uh, access uh, to Price's Pond, too. Mm -hmm. So it'll cross the road, and then it goes down just a short ways, and then there will be a bridge over the Selton Wright Ditch right there. And that, if you're on Plymouth Goshen Trail, there's a small bridge structure there. Right. This is going to get you across before you get to that bridge section, um, and you're going to go across the Selton Wright Ditch, and then you have the ability to walk Actually, on both sides, you can when you get there, the trail will either go to your left or it'll go to your right. If you go to your right, you're going to walk along the back side of Price's Pond, and then you'll come up around the north end, and then you will come back down, um, and it'll hook in to the driveway in the, in Price's Pond in the the park there, and you'll be able to access the driveway to come back down. If you take it to the left. It'll take you around the south tip of Price's Pond, and then you can either, you know, jut inside to go into the park, or you can come out, and then there will be a sidewalk addition in front of, like, Teachers Credit Union, um, and then up to um, CVS uh, with a sidewalk there, so that you will be able to get access right up to Michigan Street. Yeah. So it, it is a, it's an exciting project, um, and I, I'm really hopeful that they are very successful in this. Um, because of the location of it, they uh, are going to have to have uh, a permit from 
the DNR because some of the area will be in a floodway. Uh, but it, that that shouldn't be too complicated. And if they are successful, construction could begin as soon as uh, late summer in 2024, or it will start in the early spring of 2025. Hmm. So I'm really excited about this. Um, and they did approve the contract with the Troyer Group. Um, basically, they're going to help with all, all different aspects of this project. And actually, they've already been working on drawing up this design and everything for the route. Um, they're going to help through the application process. They're going to update the, the park's master plan as necessary, uh, update the preliminary cost estimate, prepare maps for the application, write the project narrative, prepare the preliminary archaeological, yes. Archaeological. Ar ar yes, archaeological, historical, and architectural review and compile all the application materials that will be needed for the DNR grant for a lump sum payment of $6,700. Well, I better hope so. they don't find any mastodons. Well, that's true. Gosh, Rusty, why would you even bring that up? Darn you. Bite <laughs> your tongue. You should never have said that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're, you're I'd, much, I'd much rather... Bringing up bad, bad, uh, bad omen. Much rather they find it like a T-Rex or something. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. I'd go out and help them dig up a T-Rex. Would you? Yeah, I would do that. That would be cool. Although people get you this vision... You're going to take your toothbrush out there and start? Yeah, people <laughs> get this vision that archaeological digs are like, you know, Indiana Jones is there and they're fighting over some artifact that glows <laughs> and makes the world do... Anyway, but you hit it on the head. It's basically you and a toothbrush for hours and gently hours. gently buffing the dirt off of something. It, it, yeah. It's like you can see yeah. it right there, but you can't take yeah. your fingernail and dig oh, down no. in there. No. no, you might damage something. You have Get to it. use a little brush or a paintbrush. Right. And, yes. Literally down in the dirt, brushing off dirt so you can see <laughs> if there's something under there. Yeah, that, that's an archaeological dig. That's, uh, it's, a new, it's a new word for tedious. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, but it would be kind of fun to... You can't break one of those things, though. You're not going to fix it. Exactly. <laughs> Super glue's going to show really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, get the gorilla glue. Yeah, no, nope, we can see you, that you broke it. And you imagine it going to the field museum and seeing a T Rex that was held together with duct tape. <laughs> it really, really doesn't work well. Well, you know, I actually I might pay a lot of money to see that. <laughs> that might be fun. Um, also, have a story from the Bourbon Town Council. This is very exciting for the town of Bourbon. Uh, Greg Hildebrand earlier this month appeared before them, and Greg was on the show yesterday. We actually talked about it. Um, he uh, presented a request from Shells Incorporated uh, for a tax abatement. And Shells Incorporated are a leading producer of outsourced cores for the foundry industry. And so um, they have purchased um, a 3D printer to print sand cores. And so um, I didn't realize this. And Shells, there's more than this. This Shells is here in, in Bourbon. But Shells has been around in the a long time. And they're not just in Bourbon. Uh, for over 50 years they've been around. Um, but we do have a plant in Bourbon. And um, 
so this 3D printer is going to allow them to have a quicker turnaround for some of their customers and do more advanced models that their customers are actually asking for. So they are spending $5.8 million in capital investment under personal property to bring in this new equipment. Uh, Shells currently has 81 employees, and this new equipment is going to allow them to hire nine new employees, and these are high-paying jobs. Uh, their current pay scale is about $25 an hour, and this new position will pay about $30 an hour. So you're talking about a good-paying job. Um, Ward Byers, who is president of the Bourbon Town Council, told during the public meeting, said that he had recently met with the management of shells and actually got to tour the plant and he said the 3d core printing is very impressive and allows shells to get into the foundry markets that they've never been able to get in before with this new equipment and his quote was it's really neat to think that that technology is going to be right here in bourbon and they have plans to expand things as we go forward with more 3d printers so cool that's exciting. Once uh, again, it's molten metal. I absolutely yes. love Ugh. molten metal. I love foundries and forges. Well, Shells makes the what they pour the molten yes. metal into. So and, they don't and, have that scary part that? there. You ever watch that? Yes. It's so cool. Dan used to work at the foundry. Well, that's Plymouth right. Foundry. He did. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been in the Plymouth Foundry. Oh. I actually got to take a tour in there with Sam once. It was amazing. I absolutely have to go tour a steel mill. I think that would be one of the coolest <laughs> things I've ever done. Walk through it's a steel dirty mill. work, though. Yeah, it is, but I, it's cool. And you remember, metal like, is cool. Driving up to Chicago, and you would go through the steel mills and all that black yep. smoke milling yep. spilling well, out of there. There, there is a uh, baseball field, a really, really nice one in. I think it's Gary. Pretty sure it's Gary that sits literally absolutely right smack dab in the middle of the i think it's the stand uh, bp refinery up there yeah so you got this <laughs> like it it's newer than bill nixon field but yes. a similar kind of thing it's a stadium mm -hmm. they play minor league ball there oh wow okay uh, well it's not minor league it's a college summer team mm -hmm. so it's similar um and i think one of the colleges up there IU Purdue or somebody uses it as well, but um, it literally sits right smack in the, it, all the way around you. Is all these uh, big tanks? Well, the big factories. There's, I mean, it's it's an oil refinery. <laughs> I mean, the main refinery. You got to drive right all the way through it <laughs> to get to, to the get field. to the field, and it sits right there in the middle of the wow. refinery. And you're looking around, watching them make gasoline or whatever. That's cool. There. It is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I like. See, but I like, I don't know, molten metal. I gotta, I think I gotta forge a blade. I gotta, I gotta get on forged and fire. Okay. And I see those guys hammering that stuff. And I think, nah, you couldn't do that. You'd take one swing of the hammer. You, you don't oh, know how to operate hurts. a hammer. It hurts. <laughs> That's a tool. It's hurting me. I can't do it anymore. I gotta quit. I know I only swung it, yes. it once. But... You know, think about it. Your your shoulder. Uh -huh. Yes, and that your that's your pitching arm. Oh yeah. So yeah, I you, can barely you, lift it over my exactly, head anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So Wouldn't yeah. Be good for you. Yeah. Um, Terry Clements, who is a councilman over in Bourbon, uh, said the the 
nice thing about this is Shells is going to be utilizing a building that has been sitting vacant on their property for some time. And it's kind of been an eyesore. So, I mean, they're going to be making improvements, exterior improvements too, basically. You know, they're freshening up the outside. So it's going to be a, a plus all the way around. Now, the tax abatement process is a two-step process. So Tuesday night, the council passed a resolution that's determined, and this was a week ago Tuesday, uh, determining that the area is in an economic revitalization area. Uh, during the next town council meeting, there will be a public hearing so the public can come and ask questions if they want, find out more about it. And then the council will do an, a, a confirmatory resolution and that will then approve the tax abatement for Shells Incorporated. And I believe, I think when we were talking about, yes, um, he said it was a seven-year uh, gradual phase in tax abatement. So the first year, they don't pay anything on that new equipment. The second year, they'll pay whatever it is. Right. And they'll be di divided in the next six installments. So, you know, they'll pay like, I don't know, 15 or 18 percent. And then the next time, it'll be 36 percent. And it builds back up gradually for them. So... It's it's exciting for the town of Bourbon and great for Shells. I mean, some good paying jobs and, you know, keeping a factory that is operating there and, and now giving them the opportunity to actually even be able to, you know, offer customers even more. That's a good thing in this day and age. You got to keep up with the times. And they definitely are with a 3D printer. Well, absolutely. Let's see. Have you seen any of those things work? I mean, I know well, Dan used to had have a little one, one in here. In here. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. It was evil. <laughs> I would come in and be running, making something. I'm like, no, this is not. It's no, like, it's it's, cool it's, it's, it's creating it. yeah. things itself. It's just turning on and making stuff. It's like this little wire, plastic wire goes in and yeah. melts down somehow and and makes all just amazing what it can make. No, it is. Uh, they are kind of, they're really cool to watch. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Marshall County Sheriff Matt Hassel appeared before the county commissioners on Monday. He had two requests. His first request was to apply for a grant from the Department of Natural Resources. This is the annual Marine Patrol grant, which helps uh, provide officers to patrol Lake Max and Cookie from Memorial Day until the Labor Day weekend. And uh, the sheriff said that he is asking for $20,000 in grant funds. Um, and then Commissioner Kevin Overmeyer asked if the Lake Association was still assisting in this. And the sheriff said, and I quote him, they probably contribute three times that amount. So they are putting in, the Lake Association is putting in a lot more than what the sheriff's department yeah, puts do. in to have those officers down there patrolling. But I'll say it again. What a nice job that would be. Yeah, it, Get out on the boats every day, cruise it, around the lake, except, look for yeah. you know, drunk boaters or things it's, like that. I'm just, drunk boaters are jerks. You know, yeah, I mean, true. when you pull up on a, well, you didn't tell me I can't drink beer and drive it. I mean, they get belligerent. Yes, they, uh, that's true. Because they... They have but money because they, they have a boat. But as they see that boat out there, and it is recognizable, obviously. Oh, yeah. It does have yeah. the writing all up and down the side of it. And if you are familiar, I mean, if you're a regular on the lake, you definitely know. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, there's Lake Patrol. Hide the beer. 
where's our life vest? I mean, he can. They can stop you to see oh, if yeah. you have the right number of life vests. Yep. So yeah, but I think it's a great thing too, and I think it has provided a lot of additional safety down at Lake Mexicucky. On a normal day, you're right. It would be uh, be an amazing job. Of course, I don't know that they would like. I I think I would probably be uh, disciplined because uh, I don't think I'd be in the uh, uh, official uniform. I was just going to say that. Out there. That's the just only downfall pretty... from this is you've got shorts on and you got a, a, a sleeve shirt on probably. So you have the farmer tan big time. Pretty you know? sure I'd be out there without a shirt in my uh, in my swim trunks. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that would give me a, a strange... Where would I put my badge? Would be the <laughs> on your swim trunks. Yeah, and where would I put my weapon? <laughs> yeah, uh, have your belt around your waist. <laughs> I could have a shoulder holster, I guess. Then I would have, have a, a tan line. I'd have a holster line uh, <laughs> when I tan. Um, I, I could that that would be that would be prime duty on a normal day. Yes. Uh, the second request from Sheriff Matt Hassel was for a prepay to Oliver Ford here in Plymouth. Uh, the sheriff said that four of the five squad cars uh, that were ordered have been delivered. Uh, the fifth one, they're not sure where it is yet, but it should be showing up anytime. Um, so he needed a prepay, and he asked to have $76,000 from the sheriff's budget in the general fund appropriated and $35,000 from the misdemeanor fund so that he can go ahead and pay for those vehicles so that they can get them um, on the road as soon as yeah. possible. So he did that. Um, and then while he was there, he mentioned he had been on just prior to um, the engineering firm doing the Pell study um, where the county plan director, Ty Adley, posted up the maps and did the presentation for the engineering group to see this is what Marshall County would like to see on US 30 and US 31 as we work towards a freeway. And the sheriff told the commissioners that that was the first he had ever seen a map for 30 and 31 and what was being proposed by the US 30 and 31 coalitions. And the one thing that he said, and I quote, that's the first time I've seen that map of 30 and 31. I don't know for sure how to read the map completely, but we will need access at Pioneer and 30. Not just us, but the state highway right. with their facility just to the north. We are definitely going to need that. Yeah. And at this point, there is no access there. The access is actually further to the west than that intersection. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, there, you know, there's, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why the sheriff or representative was not at the coalition meetings, um, uh, you know, pushing to have some kind of access. The problem is at that intersection, there's no place to space to have access. No. You have the shopping complex mm -hmm. where we have Mancino's and, I don't know, all of those, the pancake house is there, all those sunrise right. is there. Then Caddy Corner from there, you have Love's Truck Stop. Then you have what used to, uh, Cortiva, which used to be Pioneer Seed. Right. Uh, and then on the other corner, there w that's the only corner that might actually have some space uh, because that's where um, 
we have uh, they actually at one time had proposed like a restaurant or a motel there. Right, yeah. But yes, there's just not room even to put a you know, a bridge over or an underpass under and and he wants access onto 30 right there. Yeah. So there's no there's no way to, you know, be able to get an on-ramp or whatever. Right. So, yeah. So that's what that is. Uh, it, it's not going to be real easy for everybody, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I also, on Tuesday evening, I did go to the Plymouth Redevelopment Commission meeting. Um, and I have to tell you, Rusty, this was, went to the meeting, starts at 530. Got there before 530. Sat waited until six o'clock 30 minutes before we got a quorum we finally did get a quorum so that we could have the meeting and the meeting lasted seven minutes so it's like gee whiz um during that meeting though uh, we did get an update uh on uh Let's see. There's a proposed pot project for PIDCO. And this is the one that they have been doing for Plymouth Molding Group. They are building that building for them. And then Plymouth Molding Group is going to lease that back. Um, and so they could have requested a tax abatement on that building. Um, but they didn't. And I, two reasons. They actually didn't request that tax abatement because it wouldn't have gone to them the way the lease was set up. It would have went to Plymouth Molding Group. Because they're paying the taxes. Yeah. And so uh, PIDCO decided that they wanted to do something that was going to benefit them. So they did not apply for a tax abatement there. But they have come now to ask that uh, instead of a tax abatement, they would like to see the Plymouth Redevelopment Commission offer, uh, offer them, give them $30,000 for two years and with that $60,000, they actually would like to continue building the city's, you know, industrial park. It could be yeah. uh, making improvements to an existing facility that is sitting vacant and maybe has something that's not quite, you know, it's causing it not to be uh, of interest to people. Or it could be uh, putting money down uh, to, to build another facility right. for somebody. And so um, to do that, the Redevelopment Commission has to add it to the list of projects in TIF, in the TIF zone. So this is going to be in TIF District Number 3, which is out there uh, where they're building this new building. It's out by Love's Truck Stop and by the Pretzels Place. Um, and so this was the first step. And the Redevelopment Commission said, yes, let's move forward with this. So now it'll move on. It'll go to the Plymouth Plan Commission. They will look at the request and they will see if it fits into the comprehensive plan uh, for what we have for the city of Plymouth. Then it goes on to the city council. They too will review it. Once they put their stamp of approval on it, it comes back to the Redevelopment Commission. At that point, the Redevelopment Commission would hold a public hearing on, on the project. And then um, if passed, then it would happen. And we talked about it yesterday with Greg Hildebrand that basically they would not get this first $30,000 probably until 2025 or 26, depending on when they actually assess uh, the new building. It's not actually uh, inhabitable yet. They are still waiting for the translator, the trans something. Yeah, transformer. Okay. I always get 
People get transformer and transmitter, which we have as a transmitter. They need a transformer from NIPSCO, and they've yeah. been really difficult to get. The idea with this whole project was that uh, Plymouth Molding Group was supposed to be in there by the end of the year. And now we are in Mar or in yeah. February, and they're hoping that either this month or next month that uh, transformer will come in and they'll be able to get into that building and get moved over. But so it's a it's a it's, it's a multiple steps to get this project on the list. But you know, I think it's a great idea because the redevelopment commission takes care of those funds in the TIF district that are held back, um, and that and it, they're used for you know, improvements in the TIF district. So that's what that is all about. All right. All right. Why don't we take our first break of the morning? We can do that. Okay. Um, we have a prize to give away. Let's see. Today is Thursday, so I cannot. Oh, I know. It's Elks. Plymouth Elks Lodge. Elks Lodge. We got um, one freebie complimentary dinner. You can have any of these. Uh, this is Friday's menu. Fish, all you can eat, meatloaf, jumbo shrimp, turkey and dressing. That includes the salad bar, potato, and dessert. They serve from 5 to 8. Carryouts are available at 935-5511. Oh, you know, we got something else, too, later. We can't, don't even forget oh, that. Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. We're going to give away another meal. Yes, we are. Cool, uh, good. So stay tuned. If you miss on this one, you will be able to uh, have a shot well, at another one. Well, let's just tell them. We're also going to have a gift certificate coming up from the Argus American Legion. Yes. And we're, we're going to give away, uh, this Friday night, they're having a fish dinner in there and we're going to give away a ticket for their fish dinner coming up so yeah you've got your choice you want to um, go to the elks or you want to go to the legion right you call in and win this time for the elks our next prize will be from the argus american legion right so elks lodge okay i want you to look at this how many dice are there one there are normally two yes so the evil dice are now playing with me again <laughs> okay I'm I'm guaranteeing you when the net, that when that shows up again, it's going to change color again. That's these are those dice are evil. They're evil. Uh, Elks Lodge for caller number four five seven four nine three six four zero nine six five seven four nine three six four zero nine six and good luck. The Co Alliance commitment to deliver on the best propane service available is unwavering. Their established local quality service is unmatched. Co Alliance is owned by local farmers and they deliver on the principles of hard work, dependability, and trust. It's not by chance that they've been around for nearly a hundred years. It's because of their commitment to the customer. Earn five hundred free gas. Now, when you join the others that have made the change to Co-Alliance Propane, call 317-324-4457 or visit CoAlliance.com to learn more. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? Call Apex Waste. Large or small, we'll take your call. When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and no taxes. What we say is what you pay. Apex Waste is a local family-owned company that is dedicated to reliable, friendly service. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. Or visit us online at apexwaste.net. Montgomery Wall Drilling Incorporated has proudly served the Plymouth area for more than 40 years. Owners Kelvin and Tim have a highly trained team dedicated to the highest levels of customer service and workmanship. With expertise in rotary wall drilling, submersible, and jet pump repair and installation, they also offer 24-hour emergency service. So for all your well needs, call Montgomery Well Drilling Incorporated, 
1999, where 100% satisfaction is a must. Fiber optic cable carries data literally at the speed of light. Get up to one gigabyte. Marshall County Fiber will make your old connection feel like dial-up. It's unaffected by radio wave interference and can be submerged in water without issue and is not as susceptible to harsh temperatures. Fiber does not waver with strong winds, cloudy skies, or heavy rainfall. That kind of reliability helps deliver excellent quality internet, video, and phone. Fiber optic cable keeps data secure. It is very difficult to tap into and gather data without alerting our network operations team to an attack. We offer several packages at varying rates and speeds to fit your needs. Call Marshall County Fiber at 574-223-2191 to get signed up today. be heard. Give us a call now at 574-936-4096 for what's your opinion. Now, back to Kathy and Rusty. Okay. Uh, thanks, Doug. Anyway. Uh, okay. We have a guest with us in the studio yes, this morning. Yes, we do. Uh, we have Tammy Radican in. She is a teacher at Plymouth High School. And Tammy, I'm going to let us tell pull that microphone a little closer okay. to you. And tell us a little bit about you and the job you do or what you do okay i am <clears throat> excuse me i am um, a life skills teacher special education teacher this is my 32nd year teaching <laughs> i've been at plymouth this is my third year um i teach students with um mild and more profound disabilities and i'm also the mom of two sons with autism so i i live what i teach Very <laughs> so good. um i work with students towards uh, helping students be as independent as they possibly can be, and that looks different for a wide variety of students. So some might be employed at some point. Um, we work on living independently, and then I have students that just, how can they most engage in their environment around them? My youngest son is nonverbal, um, and so we've worked hard at helping him be able to be a part of his everyday routines. And my oldest son now has a little part-time job at Hacienda and oh, wow. is, is very active in the community. So um, a disability doesn't have to hold you back. It just looks different for everybody. Sure. So um, I have to ask, is this something that has been happening in school systems for a long time? Um, my experience has been historically that you might have a student who has a service dog who is to train for that student specifically for whatever their need may be. I had a student um, when I taught at LaVille who had a service dog. Um, this student had a seizure and, mm -hmm. and some mental health um, problems, and so that dog was uh, trained to alert for seizures 
And so we knew whenever a seizure was coming because that dog was alerted to that. So they're trained for a student specifically. That's been my only experience in the school corporations wow. that I have worked at. Um, and I haven't, I've known of three students in my teaching career that have had a dog specifically for that purpose. I think it is starting to become more of an idea out there to have a, a behavior support dog. Um, mm -hmm. So that is there as a behavior support for the environment as a whole. And so that's kind of where my idea started coming in. And I've been, I have been mulling this idea for about 10 years through a series <laughs> of events that started me thinking that, man, I think a dog in the classroom would be pretty phenomenal. I think, you know, most of us, uh, lots of people, we, we, we had a dog. Right now we have two cats, but we had a dog that was part of our family. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they do talk, I know, especially like with cats, that they talk about that petting yep. uh, for a normal person. <clears throat> yes. um, and we have dogs that go into hospitals and nursing homes. And, and so they do show that they you know, can, can calm a person down or make a person feel like somebody cares or, mm -hmm. or whatever. So I think uh, dogs play a bigger role than just being part of the family. You, you don't realize it until you don't have the dog. What, what, part that dog actually is in the family I think sometimes well and my journey really began um, I mean I grew up with pets but my journey really began adopted in 2005 adopted a great Pyrenees from the Humane Society this big brute of a dog and my youngest at that time was just eight years old and a pretty withdrawn child nonverbal as I said um, didn't really adapt to people a lot just kind mm -hmm. of kept to himself and adopt this big dog and who do you think that dog attached itself to ian that dog slept with ian wherever ian was <laughs> at and, and i remember watching this thinking my word that dog knows that ian needs a protector yes. that dog knows that ian needs a comforter and needs someone beside him and it was so interesting to watch that relationship develop and then my mom got had a, a golden retriever and my mom started a 17 year health battle with cancer and we just recently uh -huh. lost her but she had these golden retrievers and she she had shiloh and maggie and now there's sugar but that golden retriever did exactly what you were just talking about i am sure i know that that dog was way more than just a pet that mm -hmm. was her confidant that mm -hmm. was her her companion and i know that through this journey it was so much more than just having a dog. Yeah, um, those definitely. dogs filled a void in her, and, and I'm sure she had conversations with those <laughs> dogs that she didn't have with us because she wouldn't have wanted to worry, worry yeah. us. And so watching all of that um, really has taught me so much more about the relationship that a pet can have with, with a person. I've always had classroom pets. We have two guinea pigs in the classroom right now. Um, I've always had something in the classroom from hermit crabs to we've had birds, every, everything. But there is something about a dog. There is a loyalty factor and an intuitiveness about a dog that makes it lean in even when we don't know that we need it. And I see it. Yeah. I see it happen all the time. So, I, I mean, do you, do you go to the principal and say, hey, I want to get a dog and have it in the classroom on a regular basis? Or do you go to the superintendent and ask, um... And, and, of course, I'm sure the first thing out of their mouth is, are you paying for this? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. So my first year here, and I, I, just, I was contacted by Plymouth, and it was the 
fall of um, 2020. The pandemic was, Ugh, you know, yes. right in the middle of that. And I was like, yeah, I'll come to Plymouth. It, it was just the right move at the right time. And I wasn't too far into the semester and I was talking to Jim Cousins, like, I want to get a, I want to get a service dog in here. And he looked at me and was like, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm new to the school system. <laughs> well, let's think about this. And I was like, I know, I know, because I get big ideas, right? So just in a conversation one day with the assistant superintendent, Jill Vandriesh, we were just having a conversation one day. And I said, Jill, I want, I want to get a dog for the classroom. I said, I think, it's just not even I think, I know the benefit because I deal with, I have students with a wide range of disabilities along with just there's so much we can learn by having a dog in the classroom it can tie into academics sure and so she of course is a dog lover and I would just it was just a conversation one day <laughs> in the hallway if I'm not mistaken and it's not too long after that I get a text message we have a dog so she has I believe a golden doodle I think it's a labradoodle golden doodle and so she belongs to all of these communities oh, and they chit chat. Yes. And a breeder in uh, Michigan, Emerald Oaks and Doodles, heard our story. Jill had shared it and donated one of their pups out of their th their litter of 13. This oh was March of last year. We picked up the dog. And um, Rocky's mother is actually a service dog to one of their family members who's autistic. Oh, wow. Okay. So it comes from yes. a little bit of the lineage. So that's how. So last March, this little floppy-haired, curly, black-haired dog joined our classroom family. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that day And it was free. Day, which you can't. Donated it. Yes. Um, what, what would it cost? Just to give okay, people an let me idea, think. roughly. I'm trying to remember because I remember seeing it in the uh, in the. I was. It's a few thousand dollars. That's what I was. It was. Thinking, I wanted. Yes. She had burn doodles and and golden doodles, and I'm going to get the prices between the two mixed up. But I want to say we were upwards of about three thousand. I think in that in that area there. So when she says it's free, I mean it was a huge donation. Huge donation. To the corporation for that. I, I I believe that we were pretty committed, and before I. I thought my journey would be harder to find one. So I was mentioning this, okay, let's start this. Do I have approval? And start raising the funding. Because mm -hmm. I was prepared to raise the funding for it, thinking that we'll... We'll just, have to we'll, fundraise. We'll fundraise. To, to and get the and money we, to were blessed, we were blessed to have it given to us. And so it was wow. pretty spectacular. So this little puppy comes into a classroom. Mm -hmm. um, what was that day like uh, for your students that first day? Well, I had told them for about two months. Well, maybe not quite two months. I told them there was a big surprise coming on. I, I've got March 13th in my head, but it was a Monday. I said, there's a big surprise coming. But I didn't tell them what. Just there's a big surprise coming. And this, I did this for a few weeks. And so <laughs> that day comes, and I, and I have a lot of peer tutors, which are students in the school that volunteer in my classroom. Oh, uh -huh. So nobody knew what was actually happening. So in walks this little curly-haired, floppy hair. It was the week before spring break dog and you know you can about imagine i don't know that we did a whole lot of learning <laughs> that day but um actually he only visited for like an hour because we didn't want to overstimulate him so he mm -hmm. spent most of the day at the corporation office and but he came over to, to visit us and it was it was pretty it, it was it was magical i mean it's not even spectacular doesn't even count it's just magical because some of the students that you deal with as you said like your son is they're introverted. Mm -hmm. They're not out, you know, they don't talk mm -hmm. to other students and, and they tend to want to be off by themselves. So um, having this dog, I'm sure, 
you know, everybody likes a dog, you well, know, that they, they, you know, kind of brings them out of the shell and, and they want to be part of that and they want that dog to come over by them and be able to pet it and that kind of stuff. Well, what's so interesting and it evolves, it has evolved differently because he's now a year old. We just, January 15th was his birthday and we had a party for him in the classroom. Oh. Cake, everything, cake, gifts, <laughs> party hats. I mean, no, it was, it, Rocky's birthday was celebrated quite well. Um, and so it has changed and his position and his role has changed as he's adapted into the classroom and his kids have adapted to him. I've saw, I have kids who have wanted nothing to do with him who now, um, have completely embraced him. Um, some students just, he's like part of their everyday, part of their routine. He's been, uh, he's mm -hmm. been added into their schedule. Last year I had an algebra teacher upstairs and she would say, Hey, we're having a test day. Can we borrow him? So just on a test day, he would go up there in that classroom for test day for these high school kids who were taking an algebra or <laughs> algebra two test and just made that test drop some of that anxiety down. But Rocky, um, Rocky brings joy. You can't help but smile and he's funny and he's kind of lopsy and he still has a lot of puppy in him, but there's a comfort that comes from him. I believe he brings a sense of security to some kids and it's different for different students. There's a sense of um, just having him near you can just kind of take an anxious moment and, and bring it back down. Sometimes he's something else to focus on beside, besides what maybe is bothering or what's big, mm -hmm. what emotion is big. Because let's face it, we all have big emotions sometimes yep. and my students can have really big emotions. Right. And sometimes he's just something else to pivot and I'm not focusing on that. And then all of a sudden that big emotion Which, isn't as big anymore. Yes, definitely. And so that's what I've seen. Like I have a, I have a student every morning that Rocky, just part of their day is, as the student just takes a break, goes for a walk. And so Rocky knows that there's treats in Mrs. Height's desk. So part of that trip is to go up and see Mrs. Height. He gets his morning <laughs> treat. And it just gives my student an opportunity to reset, gives him a, gives this, gives him a sense of um, I am in charge of something mm -hmm. and I'm Importance. responsible and I'm yes. important. And he goes with a peer tutor and it just, it's just a wonderful opportunity to build a relationship there too. Um, I have other kids who just, it's like someone's missing when he's not there because he's right now in training. He's gonna be a vested dog when he, this is completed and he'll be a vested um, behavior support dog for the classroom. And the beauty of it is he can, he can be touched by anybody. It's not like a service dog who's they're working right you, and they, they yes. their vests usually do say please don't touch me because you are to his job is to protect his handler mm -hmm. whereas rocky's job is opposite of that he's to bring support wherever he needs to bring support so that's the great thing for in the hallway he can be petted and and you see it it's so interesting that when he's there how many how many kids will stop like oh my gosh you know there's rocky and they're always there can we pet him? Sure, you can pet him, and he just loves it. You know, he loves all that attention. Um, I when we first got him last year, I have peer tutors. These are students that volunteer in my classroom, and this was what to me was almost more eye-opening. I knew he would have effect on my students. I cannot tell you how many times I would have peer tutors come in in between classes and just come in and uh, and one girl literally just crawl up on the floor and wrap just wrap and hold him for a few minutes between sh before she went to the next class and I just thought <laughs> just uh, high school's hard teenagers are hard yeah, and it is. how just seeing that dog or just those few minutes was just a comfort 
or um, a moment to just whew, regather and regroup before they went someplace. That happens all the time. Wow, that's yeah. And, and I think that's probably the one thing um, that you know the dog was for your classroom. But the dog is really a part of the whole school corporation. The whole building, everybody um, has that opportunity. As you said, Mrs. Hyde up front. Yep. I mean, I'm sure she looks forward to that she, every day. He, you know? he, he has been since um, Christmas. He's not with us during the week. He's being trained. He's, in a, he's being trained in Lakeville. Um, I forget their name right. Von Liedenschaft. Um, she trains police dogs, service dogs, and behavior support dogs. So he's in training Monday through Friday. I drop him off Monday morning, and I pick him up Fridays, sometimes on Thursdays. So he's in, he's in some pretty involved training right now um, to, to finish the way. He still has some puppy because in Because when he came to you, he was just a puppy. He was just a he puppy. I was fortunate to have one of my instructional assistants who has trained some dogs. So she worked pretty heavily with him while we had him at the beginning. So now we're on the second phase of the rest of the, the training now. So I'm super excited about that because then he'll be able to go with us when we go places. And so I take my students out in the community quite frequently. Um, so he'll be able to go. Last year we did a huge field event and we invited all the area schools to come. We used to do, I used to put on the special needs prom at Lavelle mm -hmm. for a lot of years and then the pandemic. So now we've kind of opted for an open air, a little bit safer environment. Sure. And he was out there last year, right, with in the midst of all of that, which was wonderful. Three hundred plus people, and he he loves a he loves a, a good crowd. I'm sure uh, some of those other schools and teachers are going like, we got to get one of those too. We well, do. I just know from my trainer that that there's some other schools that have started to reach out, and I I was getting inundated when schools heard it because the South Bend Tribune ran a story on him. Right. And I was getting, how'd you do this? How'd you do this? And I said, well, my, my road was easy because um, I had the support of the school and we found we didn't have to raise money. It was just, it became super simple. I took ownership of him. I said, he will live with me. I would assume vet bills and I, I, would, I would take that piece on because I also thought he's going to benefit my own son. I really mm -hmm. was sort of targeting At my home. youngest sure. thinking, and it has worked because um, my, my sons are more, my one son's more a cat kid and Ian is we haven't had a dog in a long time so but again where do you think i find rocky many nights is is sleeping in ian's room um i just recently lost my mother and um it's been interesting to me because you know there's still there's some really hard times and that dog senses that so he'll be he's never jumped on the bed and this happened a few weeks ago he's like what are you doing and i thought he just is he, trying to stay he, he senses he yep, senses that there's, there's a sadness yes yeah. It's it's so it's fascinating to watch it. Wow, I can't imagine. So, so Rocky is yours. So on the Rocky does not stay at school overnight by himself. No, no, <laughs> or on the no. weekends. No, he comes home. You you take him back and forth. Yes, he travels back and forth. Um, he comes to meet in the mornings and he goes home with me at night. He does. I I have a friend who helps with my she caregives for my youngest son who's. 26 and so lots of afternoons he goes to her house and has a play date with her with her her golden retriever until i leave school and then i then i grab rocky but no he does not live at school he lives at home lives out he's got a acre of land out in west township that he runs crazy on <laughs> chases away the deer but but um no he's he's a great dog he's lots he's lots of fun and and as he continues to get older he continues to just um 
to just grow into the role that he's meant to be. When we get to school, he knows in the morning. He knows in the morning when I'm getting around because the house is quiet. He's, he's at the, he doesn't even eat breakfast. He is waiting by the door because he's like, we're going to school. He, he knows what is happening. So um, it's so interesting because he, he won't go anywhere in the house but wait right there. He's like, you're not leaving me. <laughs> I'm coming. And he knows his rooms. I have two classrooms. He knows the rooms. He knows the layout of the school. He, he knows his routine. He's just, he's, he's just such a great dog. So um, is, is part of the day and the routine for your students then that, that somebody feeds or waters mm-hmm. Rocky and, and at this time of the day, somebody takes Rocky out to go mm-hmm. use, you know, use the lawn <laughs> type so, situation? So that's, that's part of the academic piece. So not only is there an emotional side, there's an academic piece. And again, he's not been with us for a while. And I'm not sure when he will be back full time. Um, but he, there is a schedule. So there's a brushing schedule because he's got a lot uh-huh. of, he's got a lot of poodle. There's a lot of curly hair. So the kids have been taught how to brush him. Um, we know the feeding schedule. They know the amount of increments for, for feed that's involved. And because he's not been as there all the time, um, some of, I have a, a kind of a group of students that work with him. Eventually that will go to even my, like my youngest son can follow a picture schedule. So, you know, mm-hmm. this is how many scoops of this and that. So we'll work to that process. Um, we are talked about what it takes to maintain a pet financially. So that I save all of his receipts. I have saved everything. I have it in a binder. So that will be a lesson when he's back living with his full. We're going to start looking and keeping a long-term ledger of, okay, this is what it costs for how much food. So then that gives students an awareness and vet bills, um, what it costs to maintain a pet. And so that's going to become uh, down the road where oh, we're going to yes. jump into the, the financial side to it and noticing how much food he needs and balancing how many treats he has. And so all of that we, we talk about and work with him all the time. Um, he recently, well, in October, he ate a headband and that required surgery. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was, a, I tell the kids, I go, that could have paid for vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's, so they've had to learn that we don't leave anything on the floor and certain toys he can't chew because he will swallow them. So sure. it's all sorts of parts of learning that can play into this we, we've talked about, you know, food and what, how, you know, we've looked up food and what kind of food should we have and what price differences mm-hmm. are. And we do a lot of comparison shopping in the classroom. So we'll, I'll bring in flyers. I say, okay, we're going to look for food. Where's the prices at? So it's, it's just a great way to teach everyday functional skills around something that's fun and cause they all love it. Um, you probably should teach that to the <laughs> other students because uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of adults don't realize mm-hmm. when they buy a pet, when they get a dog, whether it's from the Humane mm-hmm. Society or, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine laying down. My my daughter and son-in-law just had puppies, and I forget even mm-hmm. what the two mix was, but I mean, their puppies I think were around five hundred bucks a piece that they were selling them for. Um, and you know, okay, so I laid down five hundred dollars. I got a dog now, and you have. Not the idea, like, what it's going to cost to feed this dog, nope. to vet this dog. What do vaccinations cost? How often do you have to have them? You know, um, do, do we have this dog fixed? You know, does that cost? And then, obviously, the, uh, for some dogs, I mean, they have to go to a groomer on a regular well, basis. And, and I wasn't thinking that when, when we first got him because he's a grooming bill. Mm-hmm. Um, about his, He's not been on a 
good schedule again. I like him a little bit longer. And then he had the surgery, and then you can't get in easily. Yes. So, um, but he he you have a grooming bill, and if you're and when you even with him, you have to maintain that brushing because he'll he'll get matted up. Oh, it's it's nice though that, <laughs> I mean, people at home. They don't get their dogs brushed on no. a regular basis. Well, but I'm sure they'll ask, where... "Can I do it? Can I?" So I have a sign. I mean, they can sign up for it. But sign up because can I brush great. him? Can I brush him? Um, there is heartworm every month. Oh, there's yes. flea and tick yeah. every month, which is, and he's over fifty pounds now. So that jumps incrementally, and we talk mm-hmm. about that, you know, when they jump up. But it's like if you're gonna have a pet, you need to to take care of those situations and of course he has been neutered we, we kind of did that all with the surgery to take the headband it yes, was two for one yep. yeah. get it all taken care of yeah, once. it was two for one <laughs> but um so we talk about that that if you're going to have a pet and that how you can't just leave him if you're going to go what away if, if, yeah, if you're going on vacation or a long weekend or exactly even, even when you really think about it even like leaving a dog and you're going to leave off in the morning and you're going to a doctor's appointment, then you're going to go shopping in South Bend or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get home. I mean, what happens to that dog during that whole time? Now? Well, and this is you the know? first, the last couple weekends are the first that I've left him for um, about five and a half hours. And they both, both times have been Sunday. They've been church day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we're going to see how we it goes. Go. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to try this. And it's been fine, but he's also, it's taken me a year and a few months before I I did that. Um, He rides great in a car, loves to get in the car and go places. And I'm also fortunate that um, I have a good friend and who loves dogs. And so if I feel like I need, hey, can he come over and play with with Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) So he has play dates. That's a good thing. But that's almost something that I feel like the students in the high school can take advantage of. Realizing, oh, when I get older and I want a dog i have a son, a grandson who is a freshman in college and of those puppies my daughter had <laughs> one of those puppies is his so on christmas after christmas break he went back to school and he took the dog with him um and he's a he he's an athletic so he went back a, a two weeks before mm-hmm. everybody else did which you're not supposed to have a dog in the dorm but he did for and you know when he would go to practice that dog was barking and that kind of stuff so bob came home and his bob is now staying with bob is the dog yes bob's the dog's name and bob came home and but it gave him like you know we would we would message him and stuff and he goes oh yeah he messed on the floor and pees on the floor because he's a puppy yeah he's a puppy you know it takes training and it it takes dedication and um, you know yeah Students don't always think that way, well, but even it, adults sometimes yeah. don't think that way. Well, and it takes just extreme consistency, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing. You just have to be constant. And so one of the things we work on a lot is, is I mean, he's a puppy, and it's not trying to reinforce the behavior that we don't want. And so it's like, so that's been a learning curve for kids, too. It's like if you want, if he's going to be petted, he has to sit. He just knows that he has to sit before he's going to be petted, and and some kids have picked that up right away. But it's it's in the other kids, it's kind of a it's a constant. We got to go over it. We got to go over it. It's like because we need him to be trained, and he needs to know, and he he needs to know what sure. is my expectation. Otherwise, he gets confused. And the other piece is good for them to know that, um, like he he's a barker. He wasn't, and he started becoming a barker. Um, 
And it's so not, it's not as easy in the classroom or no. in the school building. Well, and so we're that's being worked on, and it's improved significantly since he's gone to training, which is which is wonderful. Like he still doesn't like the deer in my backyard. I don't know what that's yeah. about, but but you know, my cats it's, don't like the deer in my backyard either. I love the deer. So Rocky <laughs> and I have had a meeting about this. It's like listen. I feed them. Yeah, so like, you're gonna, gonna you know you're gonna learn how to cohabitate here, um, and so it's it's learning that we have to have an expectation for the dog too, and it's our job to teach the dog, not just let him do whatever because mm-hmm. any responsible pet owner teaches a dog or their pets what's accepted and what how they're supposed to behave, and and so that's all what these kids are learning just by having a dog there informally yeah definitely um so uh, i'm wondering though on his training i mean because typically as you said dogs are trained to their their client Mm -hmm. this this is the person i'm taking care of so in rocky's case he's not trained to one student in your class he's trained to be very social with everybody is that for where he's going to be trained is that something that's (laughs) kind of different for them to Make this dog very social instead of protective. It of? might be, and and again, I can't I, I can't speak that well because I'm not the trainer. Um, it's not the first one she's done. She's done okay. some others, and it's interesting because now she's her phone's kind of blowing up. If I understand correctly, people are seeking this, but it's it's oftentimes a service dog is trained to identify like when a seizure's coming on, for instance, and so they're very trained very specifically for Rocky. In a behavior support dog, it's being able to train the dog, number one, to understand the rules that are set about it. Um, you know, when you're in a classroom, the door shouldn't be open, you stay in that classroom. So it's mm-hmm. it's learning how to behave in this in a, a con- controlled environment. And I don't know, I can't explain, how, I don't know well enough to know if it's like trained to just identify. It's not, it's not going to identify a specific, like, hey, this kid's suffering from depression, that, that sort of thing. Right. But it's going to know how to act in that situation and and how to work within those parameters of unless just being a dog in the classroom it's going to be trained to be i believe sensitive to those needs and i think some of that's intuitive and just to be really well behaved within that environment so you should be able to take him to any environment Mm -hmm. and have an expected behavior um and even if it's an environment he's not been to before, he's going to know that this is how I behave in a cluster of people wow. and be acceptable of other people coming to him. So he goes to, I know that their son is in hockey, so he goes to hockey games. I know oh. that. <laughs> I took him last weekend to um, Lowe's and to TSC, and, you know, he walks right on your left side. He sticks right with you. He stays nice and close, and that's what you want. You want him to be able to go anywhere, and whoever comes up to him, he's going to accept that. Um, and accept that not jumping or nothing, yep. things which yep. he does all of that really well. So can you talk specifically, and obviously without mentioning who, have you seen uh, with having Rocky in the classroom, and, and actually, I mean, you you have kids who graduate mm-hmm. out, and I so he was in the school last year. Um, some of those students may have left. I'm sure they're, like, wanting to come mm-hmm. back just to see the dog at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, can you talk specifically maybe about what you have seen, like, changes in a student mm-hmm. that that Rocky has brought out, maybe, that somebody actually, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe spoke mm-hmm. in the classroom for the first time or something like that? So 
as I said, he's not been there. So the first, I'll preface this with saying, I literally, there isn't a day that doesn't go by that I don't have a handful of kids ask, where's he at? <laughs> and they can't hang on to the fact that he's at training. Just where's he at? Mm -hmm. Where's he at? Where's he at? Um, and a couple of the students I'm thinking of specifically would have difficulty, the language to expand on that more. Mm -hmm. But the significance of him not being there is huge. Mm -hmm. It's, I miss him. Where is he? Where is he? Every My day the same question. Is, is upset. Yes. It's, it's not... This is not how my no day normally goes, and I'm missing that. Yes. So I have a boy, I have a student, who, um, there's a few of them, wouldn't have anything to do. Just couldn't even, just was extremely aversive. And I remember thinking, oh, this isn't going to work. I don't know how this is going to work. Um, but now it's a non-issue, and we did therapeutic horseback riding. I took eight kids last semester for a session of eight lessons over wow. to Warsaw. My sons do it. So we signed up and I took them over there and this is a nonverbal student. And I believe because of Rocky and all of the months of getting used to him and Rocky was with us all first semester, mm -hmm. every single day, this student got on a horse that did not want to get on a horse the first time. But because I believe there's a direct correlation to that this is safe, that has this been... Animal, it, yes. It, it, yes. I believe wholeheartedly that that is a part of that process. Wow. I have seen pretty extreme behaviors improve significantly when he's around. Or he's the reward. This is what we're going oh. to do. And then you take Rocky and you get to go to the gym and chase balls or something like that and i have seen behavior or ability to stay on task improve significant significantly um i have seen another student be able to engage in classroom conversations or even in, the, in an academic piece to it when he has rocky beside him hmm. when he has rocky beside him. i've seen sensory issues subside the fidgetiness right. um, subside and be able to participate and engage in an activity when the dog is beside. So I've seen all of those things. And those are just quickly off the top of my head. I'm just wondering now as a parent, um, mm -hmm. is there interest from some of the parents of your students that maybe we need to get a service yeah. dog for our, our child to, to help make life easier and as they go you know because eventually they're going to come out of the high school situation and to have that yeah and i haven't i haven't had any parents reach out to that i mean it's a commitment I, there are times when i was like it's a big commitment and and, and i'll be and what, it's a financial commitment it's a it's a financial yes. and even though i i have not had to pay for the dog or the training which right. has been a blessing um it's a financial commitment mm -hmm. i mean you know your surgeries and the medications dog and foods food i mean he's a big dog yeah, yeah. yeah he's he eats uh what two and a half four cups a day so it's it's a big <laughs> you know not counting treats and toys <laughs> so That's right. we can't keep I, tennis balls disappear and so um so it's a commitment and it's also time because you're not thinking okay spring break what am i gonna do with this right dog? you know so um or, or just vacations or like you said if you're gonna have a big day he can't stay alone all day long mm -hmm. i have to come up with something alternative um, and so I haven't, I haven't had those conversations or have anybody reach out to me. Um, 
and we're still new in the process is like I'm saying, he's still being trained. It'll be really interesting to see when we go to the next step. He's gone to church with me before I've taken him oh, to church. Nice. Um, my church is crossroads and we have a disability um, program there. And so one Sunday I was like, I had the dog and she's bring him in. It's okay. So he, he came to church because, uh, and Wednesday night there's a little Bible say for adults or for people in the community with disabilities. And he's gone to that multiple times. Um, and again, it's just, it's, it's wonderful because it's just, you know, and, and it's like a treat, but it, it just goes yeah. so much deeper, so much deeper. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think the average citizen actually thinks about, mm-hmm. you know, the difference that, that something that easy, a, a pet, um, can make in somebody's life. Well, and I don't know that I really ever thought that either. I mean, I've had lovely pets through the years. Um, what? my son and big dog was an interesting thing to watch but then that that was years and years ago but it was really watching my mom with her dogs and then this last year especially because um my mom eventually wasn't you know my stepdad um they were together you know they together and he would he had his little part-time things and during the days so they're both retired but how how in conversations with my mom how significantly important and you always knew her dogs were important but just how much they filled especially yes. with a journey where she had some limitations put on her because of her illness. Mm-hmm. And, and it was then that I just, it was profound. I just had kind of had an epiphany this past fall um, at the profound, I'm getting, at the profoundness of it. And then here are these students that I have, my sons included, even yes. my youngest son who, exactly. who, um, that dog tolerates him now and is more than tolerates him. You know, he sleeps in his bedroom with him and he, and he pets on him and he, and the dog can lay beside him. And, and it's huge because my son can't tell me. And I have all these kids yeah. in my classroom who, even if they are verbal, sometimes they can't, they can't express. They don't know how to, they don't have the tools to express, but you don't have to. You can Cause that dog it absorbs it. Tell it. Exactly. Right. Right. And like you said, a lot of it is not, that dog doesn't even have to be, touching them or they don't have to be petting that dog to have the impact that is that dog just sits beside them Mm -hmm. and 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 makes such a big difference in their life and he moves and this is the other thing that again that i've watched because he moves he maneuvers and and he pivots in different places oh sorry he pivots in different places just like with me there are times when he's really here lately he's been really close and i know that he's just He's sensing, he's sensing a sadness. And yeah, in my classroom, you can tell that too. He will gravitate. And in some mornings, it's just interesting to see where he's going to, where he's going to wander to. Which student needs that. Yeah. And, and, and and he doesn't stay there the whole day, but he has free reign and he's in the room. You can go wherever you, it doesn't matter where you want to go. You can, he can do whatever he wants to do. Um, he's got a bed. He's but very rarely is he in this bed. Sometimes (laughs) in the afternoon, he's pretty tired. But he just goes over and and he'll wherever he's going to roam to. It's so interesting. And I have I, and the other thing is interesting is you just have these kids who want to touch him, and I really mm-hmm. see that with my autistic students with sensory issues. There's just something oh, about that the, the, that feel the feel yes. and they'll wrap. Yes, it's really really interesting to watch. And so if you're just observant and you just over time pay attention to little things, you start to you just just start to notice it's like oh my word you know and um then you kind of weave it together it's just so interesting to to watch so uh, at this point uh, obviously we you realize that without rocky in the classroom there's like there's a gap there kids are wanting him back 
Every <laughs> single day. Every single day. It is a conversation piece. I have two classrooms running simultaneously um, most of the day. And it every single day. I have had a little boy who's been out of school for a while um, with a family issue. And, and we have FaceTimed a few times and exactly... Where's Rocky? Where's Rocky? Where's Rocky? Asking about where's the dog? Where's the dog? And um, and the other side, I, I, every single day. I get, so tomorrow he's going to be in the classroom. And so everybody's oh. all excited because um, his trainer has to go out of town. So I'm picking him up tonight <laughs> and this afternoon. And so it, it will be a oh. big, it'll be a big day tomorrow. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, you won't get the normal things done. <laughs> um, it'll be, it'll be a big day because he's going to be back and they'll just be thrilled. Like, like when I said, we did a birthday party. It was, we didn't, we didn't mince. I had, a, I have a parent who does cakes. We had the huge cake with his face free hand. Oh, no, his oh, face was on it. And Mrs. Um, Height, the secretary, shares mm-hmm. the same birthday. So we decorated the whole wall. Oh, no, there were pictures. It was He had a birthday bib, said birthday boy, and he just strutted through the school that day. And So is he on a ray? I mean, um, obviously he has to go out. So, I mean, he walks the halls at that time. Does, he, does that happen? Um, not in the passing period, I'll say at the high school. So the yeah, it does. Hall, so he passing goes, period or regular. Sometimes, really? yeah, we'll do passing periods. Oh no, he can. He does. We have assemblies in the gym. He goes with us to the assemblies. We really? went to the football. Pe- he does. He's timid. This is something they're training us. He's timid on locker. He's on on um, bleachers. Oh, so he was timid going up bleachers. So no, we had the football pep session. He went out to the pep session. Um, wow. hey, wherever we go, he goes. I don't leave him in the room because he's he can get out. <laughs> He's learned, it's the lever doors. Oh, uh-uh. he knows how to open he, he, the door. He he He'll come, come looking. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, he's Houdini. Yeah, he can, he can get out of the lever doors. Oh, and so, yeah, he's, he doesn't want to be left alone. He's, he's a social dog, but I, he's, that's all he's known. He, he knows tricks. He, know, he, tricks, he knows tricks. He also knows that if he goes and sits by my son, he's likely to get some table scrap. Because I've never once given him something. But Ian, I think, just like, okay, I'll share. Like, no, Ian. Oh. But um, no, he he goes wherever we go. He goes with um, wherever we go. He goes with. I can almost I could almost see um, in your field uh, of you actually going to a convention somewhere and presenting this mm-hmm. to other teachers who who teach um, kids with special needs. Uh, you know uh, about how and how to make it. Because it's not just that you have a dog there. I mean, you have to make it work with the educational side of things, too. Well. I mean, you're, you're trying to, yeah. you know, bring it all together when you talk about the academic side. Um, you know, you're, your students, you're just not the daily babysitter for these kids. I mean, oh, they, are, they are learning while they're in there. And so, um, you know, to be able to teach other teachers, like, if you could get a dog, this is what the, the different aspects that you can look at. With teaching, I think that comes from my background. I was a fifth. I was in. I was a general. I was a fifth grade teacher. Loved mm-hmm. fifth grade. I didn't go to school to be a special ed teacher. <laughs> had no aspirations, and just through a series of events. And and I say now, I didn't have my sons then. Um, it was in the late nineties. Educate. There was. I was a young teacher, and so I. There weren't jobs, and so. Um, I just had a principal ask me, would you fill in a special ed? And I did. And I, oh my gosh, I was like, I couldn't wait to get back to fifth grade. But it just was, I, this is what I tell people. It was just 
God, it wasn't the path God had for me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And then I end up with two, my, both my sons. I have two children yes. and they both have autism. And they couldn't be more opposite, but yet very similar. <laughs> I have this kid who loves people and talks and got a diploma. It was a lot of work, but we managed it. <laughs> and then I have Ian, who's the opposite, doesn't need people. And, uh, and I was a working mom, so I had to work. And I just thought they can't be isolated. They're going to have to adapt. And mm-hmm. I have approached my teaching that way, that we're going to have to flow in this world that's out there and how are we going to do that right. to the best that their ability is and so I'm always thinking outside the box and that's how they learn it's how my sons learned they did not learn yeah. conventionally they've learned different ways and so um and I haven't really been and it's, I'm nothing special I was just a mom who wanted the best for her kids but I haven't been afraid to take some chances and um so the dog was like well let's let's try this this certainly has potential I think it can be an emotional support. It can also teach. Mm-hmm. How many people get a pet and don't think of the implications of a pet? And so it, it, you and me, because I, at first I was like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? Because this is big. <laughs> um, but now we're in a routine and a flow and it goes really well. So I think that if anything, it's just not being afraid to take that chance and to try it and and. There's always, a, I just feel like there's always a wraparound. There's a way to make something happen. It's just going to be not the same path that others have. You know, I think we have learned that over the years, mm-hmm. um, and teaching has, that all students don't learn the same way. No. The teacher standing up in front of the classroom, writing on the blackboard, um, you know, it mm-hmm. may get, maybe gets most of the kids, but there are kids that it doesn't get. And, and so being being able to be out there and think outside the box of how to teach somebody uh, is really, ex- you know, exciting. It's a challenge. Um, but yeah. um, Well, in my students especially, um, just the, you know, just talking at them. I mean, my own sons. Um, talking is the least effective way to <laughs> approach my kids because they can't process the words, mm-hmm. the vocabulary, the words, all of that. So hands-on, first of all. And then attach it to attach what you're trying to teach to something that's important so all of a sudden we're going to try to teach how to find the best deal for dog food but it's for rocky you know right it all of a sudden it has meaning Mm -hmm. um functionality meaning if we can attach learning to the meaning piece that they can identify with then they're more likely to to be able to grab onto it as opposed to like algebra now my students don't study algebra but I mean, yeah. really? Uh, where what? am I going to use this yeah. in my? Well, I mean, what does X, Y, and Z really mean? Yeah. You know? And I have, ha- I have, my own children and my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do I need to know this? It's never going to benefit me. Well, so, so you think that if we have students, um, college-bound students that are asking those questions, so then it, it's no different with the students that I work with, um, and it can be on a, a, a much simpler concept, but how how does it have meaning and i and this is really a, a lot in the autism community because it has to be functional because it's a black and white sort of world it's like got to be functional um otherwise i can't attach to it and so th- to me the more opportunities that we can teach oh teach the more ways they learn and um i don't know it just it's it's, it's worked so far <laughs> um i almost would say too not just with with rocky but the high school students that you have that are in your classroom that you're giving them an experience uh, that most of them 
do not have um, and you are you're probably feeding them into becoming teachers and mm-hmm. and and could be the special ed teachers that well, you know the that that are willing to take those challenging roles well thank you for bringing that up i hadn't i wasn't on that train of thought here but when my son christian went through school um i remember talking with his teacher record at that time and i said you know he needs peer tutors i want him i want someone assigned to him each class that he goes to because christian could get anxious um sometimes handwriting would get tiresome or to help stay focused and organized and so that started with christian and so he did through high school had a peer tutor in all of his his academic classes and those were really it also taught him how to be a friend and to have a friend sure. right um who wasn't someone who was struggling with the same issues Gosh, that he struggles i think it's kind of neat though to have a different student in each class oh. too instead of one student that followed him the whole no. day that because that gave yeah. him a broader base of oh absolutely of, you know yeah. friends you well, know well it taught him yeah. also there's so much learning involved in that because it also taught him to not be dependent on one person mm-hmm. to be able to learn to start mingling with other people and so it taught him social skills it was wonderful and i would meet with those peer tutors at the beginning of every semester as a cluster as a group i'd uh-huh. leave school and go meet with them and talk this is what we what we need from you and it was wonderful so then i I was at LaVille for a lot of years, and, and I, when I got moved, I got asked to be teaching applied skill students. I was on diploma track, and I said, okay, I'll go back there. And I said, what we're missing is we need peer tutors in here. These kids, we all learn from our peers. Mm-hmm. They need to be learning from their peers. And so I had them at LaVille, and when I came here to Plymouth, I said, okay, I need peer tutors. The first year was pandemic, so last year was the first <laughs> taste of peer tutors, and it was amazing. And this current semester, I have 42 high school students the volunteer in my classroom throughout the day. And it for, when I got to 42, I was kind of like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whoa, a, I had to take a breather. <laughs> but it's wonderful. And it is as much for my students as it is for them. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my peer tutors, and I said, you know, you will go out in the world, and you're going to be – you might be the doctor that somebody with a disability comes to, or you might be the teacher, or you might be working on an assembly line somewhere. You might be a manager at a store. You might work at a restaurant, and you're going to work along someone with a disability. And I believe this experience will change you. Mm-hmm. It will change your family someday because you will teach your kids you will teach their kids that we are really so much more alike than we are different. We, we right. all want the same thing. And, and I believe that. And all that can do is make our community better down the, down the road. But oh, these yeah. kids are, I have repeaters. I have kids, I have peer tutors that were there last year and have They're repeated back. for this year and come back. And it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to be the person, the teacher that gets to sit back and watch all of the goings on. And so in one classroom, I have a set of four tables and every table has a peer tutor that's working with them and whatever. And it gives me the ability to do project-based learning, more project-based sure. And so, like right now, we're, I just left, they were starting presidents. And so they were picking the president. They're all kids are going to make a Google Slide presentation on their president. And they have a high school peer tutor that's working with them. And then it gives me the ability to flow around where there's in problem shoot and troubled areas. But, but I think they would all say. And I've had multiple peer tutors that have gone on and are in school now and have gone on to study special education. Wow, I think that's so um, I have a couple that are ABA therapists. And so it's, it's been pretty awesome to see that. 
it, it, it yeah it has a, a much it's a ripple it's a yes. much broader oh. aspect and we just need help in the classroom yeah, it's definitely. it's not that at all so uh, explain to our listeners uh if you're a peer tutor how i mean is are you just volunteering in your study hall period to go do this do you have to grade them uh okay. do they you know they do earn a credit which okay. is great they earn an elective credit um I have them, and I've done it some different ways at different times, but they ha- they write a reflection at the end of the semester. Some I've done journaling before where every day they had to just tell me something that was something that they observed or stood out. Nothing mm-hmm. fancy, um, but they do a reflection, and I guide it. I want to know what's in their brain. I said, this is about you telling me what you took from it. And you didn't have to like the experience. It's okay. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And then others come in, and it's been interesting to watch you come in there. They're awkward, and they... They just don't know what to do, and then they just all of a sudden, you realize this is their home. Um, but you, it can go a variety of ways. First semester scheduling just didn't work out, and I didn't have, I only had six. So second semester, when guidance was working with students, they just said, "Hey, uh, kids have a an open slot in their schedule. Fill it. This yeah. is a possibility. What do you think about this?" And so they might, hey, somebody wants to come down and look. They might come down and. You know, just meet me, look in the classroom. Um, they sign up that way. Uh, sometimes if they know me or they know of it, I want to be in your room next year. Yeah. Okay, well, you just <laughs> got to go tell them. Um, or if they were last year, they've already signed up for next year. So it's just a combination. But I put the flag in guidance at Plymouth two years ago. So I, said, I want peer tutors. So as soon as we're safe to have them, um, I need peer tutors. This is what I want. And, and now I think the word's out there. And and um, they guidance presents it when they're doing scheduling for the for the next year. And then if I if I just happen to find someone, or something, I start recruiting them. I'm like, I want you. You'd be good in here. <laughs> yeah, you have you have a moment. You come you come you come in here with us. And so that's how it works. But they do get a credit. But the credit, the grading is purely just. I want to know what you're thinking. And so I just right. I, and I just love it's, it. I it's I've, not really. A- I have a whole binder of all of the reflections over the years because they're a wonderful they're a wonderful tool to go back even in those seasons when are we being effective are we making Mm -hmm. a difference and i can go back and And relook at those moments and it's and it's those encouraging moments it's like those mountains like okay yeah this makes a difference this this is effective it's going to work and and um it continues on and i just i just believe that i believe that that Whatever experiences we have, we plant seeds, we have experiences, and we take those into the next in the next journeys. So how many kids do you have in your uh, life skills class? Um, okay, there are... I have to count back because I have some <laughs> students that are not in my class. So there's there are 18, and I'm, I've got three that are graduating this year that will not be returning. So um, I have 18 and those are sort of split by ability level. So I have kind of then, you split that off, and there's 11, and then the other seven. And it just kind of, it's just a split with ability. And, it, and is it then split in the two different classrooms yes. that way? Okay. Yes. And so really kind of how I manage the day is that um, yeah, how do you it's direct. Two I have four instructional assistants. Um, we're currently looking for the fifth one. And so. And are they specially trained? Anyone can do it, and they okay. just the trainings just once you get in there, we just start it's working. It's kind of like a hands on yeah. training. Yeah. Okay. And so um, the one class in the morning, um, I'm in there for the, with them for the first two hours, and we do adult roles and we're doing government. So right now, applied skills. So it's I take it and we make it very functional. So we're doing those activities on one side. The other 
class I have um, students that come in and I have one who takes a shower at school and we do breakfast <laughs> for a few and so that and I have a couple of peer tutors over there and they do calendar with them and so that's just getting your day started mm-hmm. and that takes us a while because we have staggered arrival times and then they all go second period to the gym just to go they go down to the gym or they go for the walk get, they go get, get some yes energy and, out and I'm still teach doing direct teaching okay then my students over here go to another teacher for their applied English and then those kids come back and I have six peer tutors during that period each kid has their own peer tutor which is just a pure luxury and then we do what I call our academics we do centers we do a fine motor center a math center and a language arts center and um, in these in the rotations. And so that's done during that period while those other kids are gone. We come back during PPT time, which is like a homeroom time. And um, that's supplemental. So um, we do all sorts of things. We might do cardio drumming. We might do um, a couple days a week. They have to do um, epic books, which is where they read at their reading level. And they have to answer some quizzes. And it's just sort mm-hmm. of a practice for reading. Um, I have students that that's a bathroom break. Sure. Um, I have some medical needs that are taken care of during that time. So that's getting ready for lunch. And then we go to lunch. Fifth period tends to be... Um, and do they go to lunch in the class, in the cafeteria with everybody cafeteria. else? I have a few. That I, I do have... Can't, can't handle well, that. That's crazy in there. I think we all four, remember. There's I, four that stay back. And we have gone down before. Um, but then there's just, for a series of reasons, we have just stayed back. And it, it's, it tends to work better. Um, and one because two don't eat at the same time and so it just kind of as opposed to making them sit down there but everyone else goes and okay. I, one of my aides goes with them um some students need that some don't and then we come back fifth hour as uh i got a lot of peer tutors fifth hour and there's a combination do a lot of cooking we cook in that classroom a lot Ooh, no we cook uh, we nice. just did um two weeks super bowl week <laughs> um, each of my groups got their own peer tutor and they picked their own super bowl food so yes. that was all super bowl super bowl foods um <laughs> Next week, we were gifted a ham, so we're, we're making a huge ham dinner, and they've planned the menu. And then we're going to take whatever's left over and learn that a ham can feed more meals. Mm-hmm. So we've so then it's going to be That's scat- that life skills it's, thing. Well, that, everything you know? we... Right. So yes. we're going to take that ham and do ham bone soup, beans, and cornbread. And then, um, depending on how much the ham's left, we've talked about you could make ham and potatoes, scalloped potatoes and ham, or... Um, we've done breakfast casserole. We do cook a lot. Just about every other week, there's a huge cooking project Ooh, going on. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day was each group, and they, they get to pick what they want to do. So one group was dipping strawberries. One was dipping pretzels. And one is red velvet cupcakes with filled some. Uh, yeah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of that going on. And then these but kids. But that's, that, that's uh, in, in reality, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, we used to have home ec. I know they call it different things nowadays, but I mean, and you like everybody had to take it so that yeah. once you got out of high school, you knew how to make tuna casserole at least. Well, we have like I have a, we we do laundry every day. There's a load of laundry that's oh, done goodness. it. I have a washing. That's I have wonderful. a full kitchen. Oh. I have a full kitchen, two bathrooms. It's educating them on yeah. on yes. obviously the safeties too that we all have to to take. We being around a yeah. hot stove and oven and stuff. We um. Oh, like they have to they have to go through the ads and find what they What's have to go sale? if you're gonna cook, your group's cooking, you have to go see what I have. And what I don't have, you have to make the list so I can go grocery shopping. Uh-huh. We've even done the list online. I can show it up on the projection. It's like here's all these. Let's let's oh, find how we can nice. order it online and I can just pick it up. So it's just exposing to all of those possibilities and what they cook they have to clean up their area it's like I'm not doing your dishes for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, yeah, there's always there's always a big 
uh, Thanksgiving, we cooked the full Thanksgiving meal and we invited administration. This is two years I've done that. We were, the kids did everything from scratch. Everything oh, was done from goodness. scratch. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot, but it's just teaching them life and, and in a way that makes sense and maybe exposing them to things like a year ago. We didn't get it done this year. Um, but a year ago, we, we canned tomatoes and oh, um, we, wow. we, we processed corn. So then we cooked it and green beans. So we canned green beans, tomatoes, and froze corn. So then we cooked with that throughout the year and just did, well, okay, what can we do with tomatoes? We'll make chili. So I'll just do a big chili day sure. and, and everybody eats that way and whatnot. Well, who were we talking to about the greenhouse? Was it Super Mitch? Oh, that's a great idea. Well, see, Mitch and I work together at LaVille. So he's he, he knows my ideas. So when I come, it's like, Mitch, I got an idea. I, I, I can't remember. It must have been him. And we were talking about, you know, in the future, I mean, their hope is to have a greenhouse. Oh, it might have been Allie. Allie yeah. Shook. Yeah. Um, to have a greenhouse mm-hmm. where your kids could actually be involved in the planting and the gardening mm-hmm. and, and seeing... Fruits and vegetables grow, and then what you do. It's a great idea. Um, Other ideas, and I have been working with Jake Singleton this year. Uh, We've met quite a few times at how to find um, vocational experiences within the building. Where can my kids go in and volunteer and get some work done within the school building? Um, The other, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, that's one part of it. The other piece is that... um, what can we do to generate some revenue for the classroom? Because, um, you know, I, I've been fortunate to have some huge donations by some local businesses. And mm-hmm. um, for the last couple of years, two years ago, and I've still been able to work off of that. But, you know, groceries are costly. Exactly. <laughs> so, if we're feeding them. So I think we're they... getting pretty low. But, but um I just feel so strongly that that they need to just be in there. They learn just by doing and cooking I almost and all of feel those like, sorts of well, things. I, and it's a, it's such a minimal amount, but like, I mean, you know, every Wednesday is cookie day in the cafeteria, and you know, yeah. you do a a cookie fundraiser, yeah. and your kids make the cookies, and yep. then they yep. sell them at lunchtime in the cafeteria. Yeah. But it's a, it's a minimal amount of money that you raise. You, you we did. Um, we had some high school kids that just went to. I think it was Mr. Singleton and said, you know, it all was about let's make some Christmas cheer around here. So they they put up a Christmas tree by door five, and then they came down and we sold hot cocoa in the mornings. My oh, kids, we were there early, wow. and they got the cocoa donated, and we sold hot cocoa just twice, and we made like about seventy dollars. And my kids were down there. I had some that came <laughs> to school early and were, were making the cocoa with these peer tutors and. Um, you know, making change for the 50 cents yes. and a dollar. And it was it was wonderful. It was just this wonderful, inclusive, little, simple activity that was just kind of fun. Um, we're getting ready to, like, this will be the third year that we, we hatch in the classroom chickens. Yes. Last year we hatched chickens, Dutch, and quail. Oh, my goodness. It's so much fun. Mm. It's And then we it's easy. <laughs> I find homes for them. But the, it's just the process, <laughs> the hands-on process of, you know, once again, just doing something that's, and it's educational too. Sure. Well, they. I think they all pretty it. much know how to hatch a chicken now because we end the whole life the life cycle of a chicken. So. And, and they've learned that you know that when you go to the grocery store, that chicken yeah. actually started as that little thing that came out of the egg yeah. and grew, and yeah. now we're. It's yeah. not that you just go to the grocery store and there's meat there, and well, that you know, they learn where it comes from. And, well, and we've been having that conversation because eggs are so expensive. So yeah. as we talk about groceries, um, and they're making their lists out. Um, that's we t- I talk a lot about that. We'll talk about eggs. Like eggs are really expensive now. 
um, if we're going to do this, then you have to make sure you're committed to this recipe and just sort of learning that, well, we all do that. There's sometimes mm -hmm. like, I'm not buying that this week. It's more money. <laughs> um, I went to get raspberries the other day and they were $5 a container in South Bend. I was like, nope, <laughs> forget it. I'll try all these. I wasn't at all these, but yeah, you just make decisions sometimes based sure. on how much it costs. Oh, it, Tammy, it just, it really sounds kind of like a fun class. I mean, well, I think it's fun. I would like to think that it's, that it's fun. You talked about the, the kids come staggered times um are, are the students that come to your classroom and this isn't bad to add are they all Plymouth students or do they come in from other schools because you we provide yeah. something different than some of the other schools have no I don't have any um I do not every student there right now is a okay. Plymouth student um so how do they stagger because I was thinking like if a kid oh. was coming from Argus that you know you could stagger their bus to come in last so that they're yeah. not there right at the beginning the How stagger is just based on the need i have i have a boy who has some medical um there's some medical things that they have to do at home so it's easier to get there at, at between a quarter Labor. to nine and nine um so that's so why. do the parents do that transportation or does it can go either way this this student parent helps. is transporting this okay. year last year that student was on the bus and we'll stagger it and i have a couple of kids who leave early Okay. And and we transport them home at that time, and it's it's everything is based around student need. What's going to best service this student? And if this student needs to come in a little bit later because they need a little bit more time on the morning, that's fine. That'd be me. I need yeah. I need a little yeah. more time in the morning. I'm an I'm the afternoon. I, the afternoon I hit the oh I hit the wall, <laughs> and so um, and if if I have uh, this. It's the same student leaves a little bit early to beat the bus. It's it's easier sure. for that. So it's totally based, and oh. I, and I, I like to think I'm pretty flexible. It's like, or if, if uh, you know that same boy was ready early today, mom, can I bring him? Sure, <laughs> we're here. You know, if he needs, to, he was ready to come. He didn't want to wait. Do you meet with the parents uh, of mm -hmm. these students? Do you, do you have like um, five twenty nine? Is that a 509? That's a 504, as you're thinking of. Okay. I, uh, a student in special education has an IEP, which is an individualized education plan. The difference between a 504 and an IEP, an IEP is is based on a learning the learning aspect. 504 is medical only. So if a student okay. has a medical issue they can be, that doesn't impact their learning, they just need some accommodations, that would mm -hmm. be 504. Um, so all of my students have an IEP. By law, you meet yearly and rewrite the, the individualized education uh -huh. plan. Many students, parents I'm in contact with frequently, um, you know, they'll text me on a daily basis. Sure. We'll have conversations about any, just about anything. I had a, it was really sweet. That same boy this morning, his mom comes back to school and she went and got me Starbucks. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's really nice. So I have some great, I just have great parents that they're, that they're appreciative. But I, you know, when you... And this is the mom and me talking. When you feel that your child is in an environment that is allowing them to be the best that they can and encouraging them to be the best that mm -hmm. they can be in an environment that you're watching, that it's safe from all of those external things that like noises or sounds or that, that were, it's a balance between pushing and encouraging growth right. and yet being able to watch that we don't push too hard or too, too fast. Um, I just... My approach with my own sons is we still keep trying new things and we still keep learning and we're going to keep pushing and pushing um, because we're all lifelong learners. We are. We are. We're Definitely. all lifelong learners. Well, I'm hoping today that we have educated some of our listeners about what is happening in the yeah. Plymouth school system um, because back in the day when I, when I was a young student, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
we did those children did not go to school with us i don't they, even remember i was at laville and i don't even remember there being a classroom with applied yes, skill students i think exactly. there maybe was one upstairs i do not remember they certainly weren't i have students that go to gen ed classes i had um i had three kids two kids last year that three kids are in the children's play we've got them in theater class and they were in the children's play and, and i might be yeah there's we have we have something exciting getting ready to happen in the music department so that i don't want to steal brian names as thunder so i'll let that might be a conversation for another piece but we have something we have something really pretty exciting getting ready to happen down there and so all of that stuff is just it's amazing um i uh i were talking yesterday with my students in that homeroom time and i said i had been thinking we talked about hobbies so last weekend um i went and I was at Bailey's in Knox, yes. and they had these little embroidery kits. And so we're getting ready to start embroidering. I said, you know, <laughs> well, hobbies. I was like, have sure. anybody interested in doing yes. this? And you wouldn't believe it. So I had a little boy, his hands going up, and all these kids. And it's like, they're hobbies. They're things you do in your spare time aside from electronics. And mm-hmm. so we're going to do that. We're, we're slated to make a sew a pillow, a pillow, and um I got kind of oh. cross stitch on the back of my head. Why not? It's like it, it might open the window for someone. It's like, hey, this is kind of fun. I have no, I have no idea how. I don't think it's really complicated, but Uncle Doug the barber. Yes. Okay. I know Uncle him. Doug makes pillowcase dresses for the little girls in Honduras, and so he oh. has some people that does sewing. So somehow they take a pillowcase and cut it and well, they probably just give they probably give it like that slit neck, neck and just yeah, the slit and st- sleeve and so that might be something you might, uh, you might well, have I to might hook have up to, with uncle Doug I, and see you know i i, I know i actually know of him so i i might just have to reach out to him come in and no see i'm all about that that's yeah. so much fun and my kids love doing stuff like that and now if we have intrigued somebody and you know and they want to give you a hundred bucks to do something fun with your class or whatever. How how do they make that donation? That or if there's a business that wants to give a thousand dollars for this, I, that would be year, welcomed, highly um, welcomed. Um, you just Plymouth High School. I have I have accounts there. And okay. I mean the school runs them. But I have a there's an account for the um, my classroom account, which mm-hmm. is like what I what I'm able to run off of, uh, and the other account is the activities fund. And like last fall historically the teacher before me always did a halloween dance at plymouth high school and invited all right. the area schools so i picked that up and we 2020 we couldn't do it COVID. 2021 christos was gracious enough to give us the facility so for the last oh. few years it's been at christos and so it's brought in dj catered food so there's 300 people there was 180 that came to that <laughs> last year for rock and rockies i had over 300 people and it was everything from a dunk tank dj field events we uh, arcade games and so um that's kind of replaced that special needs prom mm-hmm. all the schools right now want that i loved the prom but so that fund goes for that because it takes a lot of money to pull these Certainly. i mean we feed them and and it takes a significant budget. So either or is it it's Plymouth School and just could send it to me or you know, call me at school or however, but it would be it would be put to good use and it makes a difference. I all I can tell you is it makes a difference. And the the, the it piggybacking with these activities, what's so important about them is one of the things about having a disability is it's a li- it can be isolating. And I and I've watched this. Uh, it's one of the things my oldest son struggles with is like, Mom, I want 
um, he's 27 and he wants to have this community and it's it's not organically there you have mm -hmm. to work to getting some people together for an isolated activity but it's building community these kids look forward to you wouldn't think of it the students from Knox look forward to being with the students sure. from Plymouth or Bremen sure. coming over or Rochester and they, they they know each other they start to know each they, other they make that friendship and well yes. it, right so it's building community mm -hmm. but the other piece that really is nice that translates over it is often then many of these students might go to Pathfinders or Marshall Stark and then they already know, know them. they yes. will see a familiar face and so we're building community and that to me is huge because it's something that even now with my sons as I still work on building community building opportunity yep. um, how do we do that in Plymouth Indiana to help service these people that these these adults these young adults sure. and older adults that that want they want the same thing we do they, want the they just same want to hang thing. out with friends. Yeah. And the ability to, yes, have that. To and have friends and hang out. Like, you and I at 27 could get in our car and take off and go right. do it. And we ha we were in yeah. control of all that, and it's a lot harder. Um, have to be able to somehow be able to offer that. Well, yeah, if on a Friday night I want to go see a movie. Yeah. Oh, you know, you got to try to. It's harder. It just it just doesn't happen as organically. Sure. And then, then of course, I, my head is, my brain is going. I know. Reese Theater movie yeah but well, there some kids you, you had to watch the the sound the, the sound of the mu yes. movie i have one or, son who loves movies and another son who most of the time ian and i are i paid for the movie we sit out in the lobby <laughs> and christian will be out here waiting for you it's happened uh -huh. multiple times um but you're right that was that's you actually to been think of the right movie to show but if well and some might aunt like animated and some others might like you know live action yeah this clean so yeah. it's so yeah it's but it's just building community building opportunities um i remember last year we invited bremen over i know that teacher line said hey why don't you go over and spend the day with us and we went bowling at quicks lanes and part of that money that has been given to my sure. classroom i paid for mm -hmm. the bowling we had a pizza party we came back and did ice cream and <laughs> i had uh, we did some science fun science activities and we just spent a day together just spent a day yeah and it was fun that's so neat it was Gosh, fun. sounds like you have a great job Tammy. Well, I do. It keeps really me. Does. It keeps me hopping oh, for sure. But but I love what I do, and it uh, um, it re it rewards in a in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, it's it's hard. I'm not. It's hard, but yet the good the other outweighs it. And um, I had some pretty phenomenal teachers with my sons along the way, and people that I still keep in contact. I mean, uh, Penny Hines was an autism consultant in the area for years, and she's now in Arizona. And, she is my person, man. I, I, she just, she's just the person I, she's my best mentor I ever had. And um, she's still my person I call a lot. Just when I just want to talk life. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Or with my own sons. Like, okay, yeah. Penny. Okay, give me an idea. How to fix or, it. Or, 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 or I, I bounce off of her because I respect mm -hmm. her so much. It's like, am I on the right track? You're on the right track. I said, well, I was taught by you. So, <laughs> so anyhow. Well, this is Tammy Radican, um, and she is the life skills teacher at Plymouth High School. So if if we've intrigued you at all and, and uh, you would like to help out, uh, send a little donation and help her or out. Or if you have a skill sure. or something to share with us, like... I, I love that. I love that idea. I would love to find a librarian. I had a librarian at LaVille, and every Thursday we had library day, and she came in and did library with us. It was so oh. fun. So I, if there's ever, you know, just a talent to come share with us, we love to learn. We love to experience, and it's great to have visitors that come, that come share those things with us. Fantastic.
I really want to thank you for sharing well, with our listeners this morning. It was really interesting. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's it's wonderful to be able to showcase um, how amazing people that live with a disability can be. Mm -hmm. um, I, if I can reiterate anything, that they want the same thing that you and I want. They just don't know how to get there. Exactly. And um, if we always keep that in our forefront and be willing to look outside the box and try it different ways, we will always be surprised at what they can give us back. Fantastic. Well, Rusty, thank you. We need to take a break. We, we have got a, a prize. Yep. We got a prize. And, and I wrote it all out for you. So it actually explains it's a hand breaded fish dinner with French fries, homemade coleslaw, corn muffin, and dessert. Yep. It's a $15 dinner down yep. at the American Legion. They serve on Friday nights to the public. Uh, and this Friday night, it is a fish dinner that they're hosting. And so we're going to give away one. If you go down, if you win it, and you want to take somebody with you, it's a $15 dinner, dinner down at the Argus American Legion. But we're going to give one away on the air today. They serve from 5 to 8. And if you're caller 4. Five seven four nine three six four zero nine six five six. Yes, I did, and it's a different color. Five, it's brown instead of red. Yes. So yeah, five seven four nine. Th I thought so they're, too. They're 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 uh, they're inhabited by demons. Uh, anyway, gift certificate for caller number four five seven four nine three six four zero nine six five seven four nine three six four zero nine six. You want to know what's going on in Marshall County? Just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, well, use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. You know Indiana 811, the people you call before you dig? Well, now you can click before you dig at 811now.com. 811 Now is an easier, faster online system to make sure your home or contractor project goes off without a hitch. It's the same effective process as calling 811. Plus, you can review all of your answers before submitting, making sure the correct information is sent. So the next digging project you have, be safe and save time. Go to 811now.com to fill out the online form. Choose independence and peace of mind. That's what you'll find at Miller's Assisted Living in Plymouth. Miller's apartments have been thoughtfully designed with your comfort and enjoyment in mind. Miller's would like to invite you to come out and let our enthusiastic staff give you a personal tour. Miller's Senior Living Community. This community's choice for assisted living. Wouldn't you love 
like to fly in my tiny spy balloon. Watching it float on by, it's my tiny spy balloon. Floating across the states to gather intel from up high. We can spy. You're tuned in to What's Your Opinion on WTCA Employment. Be part of the conversation by calling 574-936-4096 or text the show at 574-307-6647. And now here's Kathy and Rusty. All right. Congratulations to John. He's our winner. He's going to the Argus American Legion. Yeah. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah. All right, Rusty. You got to finish things up. I we are getting close on time. All right, let's finish it up. Yeah, birthday today. Better be here. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe, a free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. If you happen to be our winner tomorrow, and Linda Yazel, you will be eligible for that wonderful prize from La Dessert Cafe. The Coffee Lodge and Cashin Creek, who provides a bouquet of flowers for our wonderful birthday prize. Now it's time for uh, anniversaries. Got none. If you got an anniversary this month, get it to us. At the end of the month, we give away 50 bucks from Deacon Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home just because you told us that it was your anniversary and your name was drawn out of the hat. So, pretty simple. Just send them to us. Uh, time for the training post, and we already went over the Elks Lodge menu for tomorrow. It's going to be fish, all you can eat, meatloaf. Ooh, meatloaf. Uh, jumbo shrimp, turkey, and dressing. That includes the salad bar, potato, and dessert they serve from 5 to 8 p.m. Carryouts are available at 935-5511. Got a uh, food drive going on. Marshall County Neighborhood Center. That's at Recycle Depot. They particularly need hamburger helper, pasta, and spaghetti sauce. You can drop off during uh, depot hours. It's Monday, 7.30 to 3.30. Tuesday and Thursday, 8.30 to 3.30. Friday, 8.30 to 2.30. First and third, Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. They're closed on Wednesday. And we are an official drop site for Bread of Life Community Food Pantry. Actually, you want to send stuff over here from the neighborhood center. We're not going to. We will. Uh, we will get it. Uh, anyway, that is uh, that is a trading post for today. Very good. Uh, tomorrow, are we on our own tomorrow? No, we got the library tomorrow. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. That's right. Yes, wonderful. We do. Good deal. Yep. We'll be here tomorrow. It'll be Friday tomorrow. Everybody looks forward to Friday. Yes, they do. Definitely. All right. Thanks. For listening, be back here at 9 o'clock because we're going to bang the drum at some point. Tomorrow, that means you're off work. The minute the minute that song starts, you can just go home. That, oh, you, okay. You, yeah. So anybody listening tomorrow when uh, when Todd Rundgren plays his drum, you, you can just go home from work at that point. Don't even stick around. Sounds good. You're done. All right. <laughs> we're done. Have a good one. You're listening to FM 106.1 and AM 1050, WTCA, Plymouth. 
This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by General Steel. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A whopper of a winter storm has triggered widespread power outages and major travel disruptions across the country. Nearly a half million DTE customers have no power in Metro Detroit. Uh, 